0: Thank you for joining us, and welcome to Elevate Your Business podcast. I am Laurie Lee, owner of Elevate Business Law. We provide legal advice to small businesses throughout the state of Florida. As part of our mission to provide small business owners with good business practices, we regularly interview business advisors from various industries. Today, we are lucky enough to have John D'Aquila from D'Aquila & Company, LLP, located in Jacksonville, Florida. They are the Entrepreneur's Advisor and CPA. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, and today you're here to help us learn more about a CPA's role as an advisor. And give us a little bit of background. I know you are um, a CPA firm um, in New York and in Florida. Give us a little bit of background about your practice.
1: Yes. Thank you, Lori. Um, we work with entrepreneurs from Uh, startup to experienced, Our clients are typically in their uh, late 20s, 30s, all the way up to 80, people that are looking to uh, take an idea to the next level. Um, They range in size, like I say, from startup up to $30, $40 million. And we also work with them individually um, with their plan to accumulate wealth in a tax-efficient, and financially efficient manner, with good business advice along the way. Our clients are throughout the United States uh, and also in six countries. We work 100 percent by referral. And uh, we've been doing this for well, I've been practicing for just a little over 30 years, give an indication of my age. And along with me are five other entrepreneurs that um, most of which are CPAs as well. And our approach is, uh, you know doing it the right way. And uh, um, with good advice and succeeding, we're we're proud of uh, our approach, which is we're an integral part of our client's success, whether they be individuals or businesses.
0: And and you know, when I met you, I was really struck by how your approach to your clients really involves this this advice, this all-around look at it from all angles aspect of giving your clients advice. And so I'm really excited about today's topic because, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're talking with our clients and and small business owners, they tend to just look at CPAs when they need help once a year putting their tax returns together. And I think, and I know, and you do, more than that. And so that's what I'd like to talk about today.
1: Well, that's, that is that is true, and we're a, a twelve month of year uh, shop. Um, while we are super busy before the fifteenth of April and the fifteenth of March, uh, I will say that um, there is no slow season in our business, and you know we are a year round. Think of us as a sports team that plays you know fifty two weeks a year, and uh, our clients are playing that, and we're working with their other co advisors at the same time. So.
0: So tell us, you know, how an accountant can also be an advisor. How, how, what is the, the difference between a CPA as an advisor and, and simply a CPA as a tax preparer? Well,
1: it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, in the age of, of labels and stereotypes, people always thought of the CPA as that person wearing the visor and the uh, 10 key uh, that they saw once per year to send their 1040 in by mail. And that role has long gone. Most of us don't even have a 10-key on our desk any longer. And we I, I haven't seen anybody with a visor in quite some time. But um, today, uh, if you're working with a CPA or a tax preparer just at year end, you're missing the opportunity to plan. Uh, you're missing the opportunity to make uh, what are uh, tax-efficient, financially-efficient, and even you know, common-sense financial uh, effective decisions. So, And this has become more important the last 10 years. A key thing happened in uh, 2009 with the financial crisis. We ended what was uh, call it 20 years of deregulation. Uh, with regard to taxes, both on a personal and individual front. I mean, it it started with the Tax Reform Act of 86, and every year we got a little bit more complex. But starting in 2009, uh, we entered a period of regulation again, and making financial decisions, uh, making tax decisions, became ever more important and more complex. So I think as a CPA, that was a big opportunity for us, and we had to realize that, hey, we need to help people Beforehand, before year end, more often than ever before, um, and we also need to, on a regular basis, partner with their insurance people. When I say partner, I mean be talking with them, with their uh, uh, banker or financial advisors, with their estate planners, uh, with their partners, um, you know, in their business, so forth, to see that all of this is coordinated, like a, the way a sports team would act. In, in, uh, in being synchronized in their actions. So, so we don't just do uh, tax prep after the fact. I would say in our practice, we are engaged with better than 80% of our clients on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. Um, and I think that statistic 30, 40 years ago was you know complete opposite. We might've been only engaged 10% of the time with those clients you know, in this practice. But today it's an all-year uh, event.
0: So what are the most common things that you help business owners with throughout the year? I know you mentioned touching base and coordinating with their advisors such as insurance agents and estate planning attorneys and financial advisors. But what are some of the actual things that you do to help them throughout the year?
1: Now, throughout the year, um, from a business owner's perspective, they may be going for a credit line. They may be going for a bank loan. They may be going for a small business loan. Um, they may be taking a partner on or a minority investor uh, for a part of the company. They may be changing the title of their assets, um, applying for a mortgage. Uh, nowadays, the uh, and since the financial crisis, the preponderance of information that's requested in connection with all of those things is significant. So we help them present the data in the best way possible. From many times we'll tell them this is not a good time to apply based on where you are. Um, it may be more effective to wait six months or a year for whatever you know reason uh, that's going on in their life. LLCs versus S Corp versus C Corp every single week. Mortgage applications every single week. Um, today, many people have gone the self-employed route. Uh, you know, the Internet has uh, created incredible opportunities in addition to, uh, you know, changes in health care where people can buy their own health care. These two things, I think, have led to a surge in entrepreneur activity or people working out of their homes, for instance. Well, we have networks of people working out of homes. What does it mean when you cross state lines? We get that question quite often, you know, this, this word called nexus. Uh, you know, for their business. The um, getting ready for retirement, Um, you know, recently we've been overwhelmed with a number of calls regarding or questions regarding uh, the return of the defined benefit plan for closely held businesses, which is an effective way to shield more income from taxation. Um, So all of those questions uh, come up in people's lives on a regular basis and more.
0: So give us a little bit, this is something that's been on my mind. I'm actually in the process of writing a blog post about it right now is doing business in other states. And, you know, with, with the, today's economy the way it is and, and globalization, I, I mean, a small business here in Jacksonville, Florida, can be doing business with someone in P- Paris, France, instantaneously and easily. And so what happens when we cross the state line? So you have a small business here in Florida who may have, implications in another state. I know the legal implications of that. Can you speak to the, the tax implications of that?
1: Yes, certainly. I mean, it is a, uh, probably one of the most overlooked and one of the um, – can turn into one of the more detrimental uh, issues for the unsuspecting business person who doesn't realize just by virtue of the fact that they had kept inventory in a public warehouse in the state of Pennsylvania, that they now have nexus and they were required to file both a business income tax return, a personal income tax return, and a sales tax return. And the sales tax return you know, may be filed quarterly ever since they started doing business there, and they often don't realize it takes these states about three years to to catch up with their data, and then they go back and they ask for three years of return. So this, this slight mistake, when you add the interest, the penalties, and the cost of getting a professional to do all those returns for all those years, not to mention the fact that you did not deduct them for your federal filings, and it just leads to a cavalcade of refiling I call it the Accountant's Employment Act. But uh, you know, that one decision with that one piece of inventory can turn into an absolute $10,000, 20000 $50,000 mistake. People don't realize, for example, um, another one is the state of Texas. While the state of Texas does not have an income tax, they do have a rather uh, interesting tax on the value of your inventory each year. and and the related filing and so forth, Texas being a very popular distribution center because of its location, but that is one of the ways in which they tax. Both of these examples serve that we have 50 United States, and each one of those United States has their own tax department, which, in an era where we are talking about lowering the influence of the federal government and taxation at the federal level, will make each one of these states more important with regard to their ability to replace that income and tax people doing business in their respective states. This, if you're a large company, you know, Fortune 1000 company, you have professionals on staff to deal with this. If you're an entrepreneur, same rules apply, and it is an an absolute uh, quandary for entrepreneurs, and another one that we get every single week. Um, My state tax handbook I'm looking at on my desk, and this is the condensed version, all right? So we're not on the video, so, you know, others can't see that. But I remember when this book was 100 and some odd pages. The condensed version is 1,079 pages this year. Wow. All right. And that is just a state tax handbook for the United States. So now that's that's the condensed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, And it just know.
0: doesn't go with inventory, right? I think, you know, I think the, the takeaway here for business owners is that, Having these conversations with your CPA, um, it might not come to mind to explain to them all the ins and outs of your business operation. And it it might not come to mind to explain to them your business expansion ideas or maybe this new client you have, um, you know, that's coming, you know, around the corner in a different state. But to have those conversations with your CPA as an advisor is absolutely critical so that John and, and CPAs who are advisors can spot these issues and say, okay, you're going to have some tax implications for this. It might not just be inventory. Maybe it's a, maybe it's an independent contractor that works from home in a different state. Maybe it's a sales rep that's on the payroll that doesn't live within Florida. Maybe they're in a different state. It could be any number of issues. Anytime you are without uh, outside the, the borders of the state of Florida, these are conversations you absolutely need to have with with your CPA as an advisor. Um, what are some other things, John? You brought up some great things: loans, of course, e- excellent. Bringing on partners or investors or partners leaving or investors leaving. Um, what are some other things that you you see that, um, that that small businesses need to know about?
1: Well, you hit on a very important one, which I don't want to overlook, which is be very careful. You know, in the age of hiring employees. Who is an employee versus an independent contractor? And if you hire that employee out of their home, like for example in the state of New Jersey, you've now just opened yourself up to filing as a, registering your business in New Jersey, filing a business return in New Jersey, and having income in New Jersey. But to follow up uh, another new one after the employee issue, which I, I put up there, equally important is the uh, inventory nexus, or probably more so, international. We we live in a in a world that has gotten smaller. Uh, and again, you know, with the um, electronic revolution we we hire people to work in our businesses abroad, and we may be making payments through these various you know payment service companies abroad and But we want to seek a deduction for that right um here in the United States. Uh, another big thing people don't realize well, if you don't have a tax i d there's a form called the W-8, right? We have to withhold payments to certain individuals and organizations in certain countries. Uh, and in certain places, there are tax treaties that apply. This is another whole area that didn't exist for entrepreneurs in the 1980s to the same degree today. And if you have a CPA that is versed or a firm that is versed in international transactions, um, they can walk you through that, whereas you know a lot of your everyday tax practitioners only or tax preparers, they're not skilled in this particular area. There may be some, but it's less likely. And you should ask mm-hmm. that if your plans are to use, for example, um, contractors that do programming in uh, Poland. Or in Africa, a very common thing. Um, you know, I, we we've worked. We have clients that have actually opened up operations in Nigeria and Kenya to train young men and women in Africa to be programmers to meet the unmet demand here in the United States. Um, and you know, there are U.S. tax ramifications for doing that and compensating them and so forth. Um, so that's another. Uh, big area, international. And we're just hitting the very mm-hmm. tip of the iceberg here, of course.
0: Yes, and, and there's so many. So, again, the importance of having these conversations, um, you know, not just sending your documents at the end of the year to the CPA. It's It's having these conversations, taking the time to sit down and explain what's new in your business. What have you got going on? What are your plans? You know, it's not just backward looking. It's forward looking. I mean, if you can avoid... If you've got two candidates for for an employee, one in New Jersey and one in a different state, um, and and you're comparing them, you know, you're looking at the costs of hiring those employees. You know, you've got to factor in some of these extra costs of doing business in that state. And and of course, CPAs as advisors can help make those um, decisions and give you the information that you can make those decisions yourself. Absolutely. It, any, what else do you see? I, I love picking your brain because your experience and your knowledge, uh, you know sh- being able to share this with our listeners and our small business owners is, is, is just invaluable. What else can you tell us about advice that you give?
1: Um, I think it's... Uh, another big one is the, the changing dynamic with how people obtain money. So, for example, uh, today you may... To grow your business, obtaining a traditional bank loan is not a simple process. There are so many different alternatives. There are a whole new or growing industry of alternative lenders outside of the banking community, albeit at much higher interest rates and less attractive terms. Uh, Crowdfunding. Uh, Crowdfunding is now a, a legal way of funding. It doesn't apply to everyone. We get those questions. Self-financing is a huge one. How do I uh, do a friends and family uh, financing for my business where I control the business um, that is legitimate uh, and that can protect me <laughs> from uh, what could be overbearing family at times as well? <laughs> uh, so these are you know, the entrepreneur today um, in making their Idea work needs capital, and it's not as simple as just putting a loan out there, raising money from one person as it used to. This is a uh, this is where we help. Um, we are deeply involved with working with lawyers like yourself uh, in the tax and financial aspects of the operating agreement and LLCs, um, and the same with S corps, and the same with C corps. Okay. so, I, so I, that's a big one.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and so, when let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about when a business owner has a CPA. You know, what should they expect from their CPA? What should their CPA be doing, and what should the business owner be doing?
1: Well, first, I think choosing a CPA today, you, you, you really, I like to think of it as uh, like eHarmony, almost. <laughs> there, are, there are many people out there, but not everyone is for you, and uh, our profession, uh, which I've been in for over 30 years, as I mentioned earlier, it's changed so much in that time frame. Some of us really enjoy and build our practices around advice, and others are simply content with compliance. Some are comfortable getting involved in uh, financial planning and uh, finances, uh, albeit if they don't have the requisite licenses, they have to be careful how far they go with that. And often it's working alongside a licensed uh, you know, financial planner. Some are comfortable with the business aspects. I mean, here and myself, I'm a serial entrepreneur in addition to a CPA and been fortunate to have founded unrelated businesses that succeeded. So, I, uh, I know what it's like to work for negative pay for several years and, and have your spouse ask you to seek help. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> mine, mine ended positively. But um, but when you're in the trenches, you learn a bit. But, and as a result, I'm comfortable with that. Not every CPA is. So, so up front, um, and you go back to the eHarmony example, you have to interview your CPA. Is, it, is that the person you're going to be working with? is what is the uh, policy of that firm? Do they just give you lip service, or do they really enjoy that, um, you know, giving that level of advice? And get up front. Do you get that included with the price of your return? Probably not. Um, you know, this the number one trap I think people say is, oh, I'm going to get all of this advice with my $500 tax return. Think about the um, level of expertise you're looking for. Um, you know, you want to know what they charge. Uh, are they available for these things? Do they offer it? Um, if it's a casual thing, often they, you know, it's a very flippant answer and um, it's not something that they're set up to offer. So you need to interview your CPA up front. Do they do it? How do they do it? How do they work? Get an engagement letter. We do that with all of our engagements. And then you know yes, if you have a five minute question, we're not going to charge you for that. but but if it's something that we need to do right and investigate, these are our billable rates versus you know calling a big four firm and so forth. and we're comfortable, and we've done it. Here are our references. Um, so you know, know who you're dating is the advice I would give <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and also too, and I think you know from uh, some, some of my some of my clients' experiences that, if you're not comfortable with your CPA and, and you're not comfortable asking them these questions, I think that's very telling. I think that's, that means that you need to take the time and make this assessment as to this position on your advisory team. I mean, here at Elevate, we are very, very big about having an advisory team. We're, we're, we're talking to our clients on a regular basis about building out their advisory team. It's the infrastructure of your business. And as part of that advisory team, that CPA role is very important. And if you don't feel that that role is being handled in the way you want it to be handled or it should be handled, then reassess who you have in that position and, and look around and ask questions and see. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, it just takes a conversation with your CPA to say, look, this is what I was expecting. Um, this is what I'd like to do. And it very well could be that your CPA wants to give you that kind of information or that kind of advice. It's just... They, he or she is looking to you to provide some initiative as well. So it could be a two-way street. It could just be a wrong fit. Um, I think the bottom line is to make sure that you understand as a business owner that this role is, is critical to your business, not just once a year. It's a year-round relationship. Um, and CPAs like like John D'Aquila and um, his company Certainly can help. And, and I love that. And, and John, we are out of time. I think we could talk forever and ever. So I thank you for joining us. Again, John Daquila um, is with us from Daquila and Company LLP, the Entrepreneur's Advisor and CPA. And their website is com. That's spelled D apostrophe dot com. And their number is 904-834-3272. And I appreciate your time, John, and thank you very much. Do you have any last parting wisdom you'd like to leave with us?
1: Uh, Well, first, just leave the apostrophe out of that URL. Uh, The Internet is not uh, uh, Ah, uh, friendly to that. So uh, dot com will get you there. Um, But... um, no, I think it's a wonderful time to be an entrepreneur, especially in the United States. Um, I think uh, think of your business and your personal financial life as a football team and make sure you have both receivers, uh, defense, uh, good quarterback. That quarterback may be your attorney, maybe your CPA, maybe you. Uh, but put the team together in this complex world that's getting smaller. And, um, and you'll have a greater chance of both personal and business success. Uh, and thank you for making me a part of this today. It's great to be here.
0: We loved having you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. I'm Laurie Lee with Elevate Business Law. And you can visit our website at www.elevatebusinesslaw.com. Check back with us for more episodes with interviews of other business advisors who share their great expertise. Until next time, we'll see you then.